0: This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com trekfm.
1: Hi, this is Marina Sirdis, Deanna Troy from Star Trek The Next Generation. You're listening to Trek FM.
2: Tea, Earl Grey, hot.
1: It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated G show. I'm Philip Gilfus sitting in the center chair this week, and I'm joined by my co-host, Darren Mo- Oh, oh, hey! It's actually Lieutenant Junior Grade Heg
2: from the shuttle bay. You know, I haven't seen you since Earl Gray One Hundred. What's going on? Yeah, it's it's been quite a while, but I'm I'm doing well. Uh, still have uh my same favorite uh, supervisor, and uh, it's yeah, it's been great but no we've been uh overhauling the the main shuttle bay do you know there's people who work on the ship and don't even know it exists like they just always pass through deck four and five on their way to 10 forward or something i mean that's the place to be but you know i think we're gonna be playing some volleyball soon though east side versus or uh, port side versus starboard side soon we're gonna set up a in low gravity volleyball it's gonna be a lot of fun
1: all right go sharks. All right, I'm also joined by my co-host, Assistant Security Chief Daniel Pru. Uh, so, um, still no Chair Tactical, huh,
0: Daniel? That's Assistant 2, the <laughs> Tactical Chief. And uh, I actually, I would like to file a complaint for reverse ageism here, because the oldest member gets to be the head of everything, and I'm the youngest, and I don't even get to sit down. I I kind of think that's a little unfair, but that's just me.
1: Great. Now I'm just picturing that you give Lieutenant Worf like a blood wine mug that says Galaxy's Greatest Boss.
0: <laughs> yeah, that w- and he just adjusts it just a little Today bit. is a good day to give me a promotion.
1: <laughs> he just hits it with a bot left. All right. Well, as, as I'm sure folks can't tell, we're actually going to do a, a, a sequel to, to a show we did starting in Earl Grey 118. Blue shirts win the House Cup. Uh, this is part two of uh, my Starfleet career path series, and so in uh, previously we talked about blue shirts and red shirts and went through the different ranks with the different characters and that we had seen at those different ranks, and so as well as Starfleet Academy, and uh, and so today's show we're going to talk about um, sort of the uh, the other side of the coin, the golden side. Um, we're going to be talking about um, operations and engineering in the ranks. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, security. And then we're going to talk about those enlisted folks who are doing doing all the work. You know, the the little people. The um, real workers. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Where the
2: real money from the movie is made. <laughs> so we're just
1: going to start off first with operations and engineering. And so, as always, we start at the beginning with one pip. Uh, so ensign. Um The first thing, I, I do want to open this up first. Um, I, I, I did label this operations and engineering. Um, because gold shirts, uh, sort of, you know, you always have to figure out who's what. Is I don't know if there's like a, a paint sampler uh, spectrum continuum of gold. Like that guy's
2: definitely security,
1: or that one's engineering. But, but here's my question: Does he is have there... a phaser
2: on his hip? That's pretty yeah. much a good sign. <laughs> but here's
1: my question, y'all: Other than data, is there anyone else who's in operations versus
2: engineering?
0: Uh, well, season season one wharf was.
2: But he was a red shirt.
0: Oh, you're right. Yeah. No. Uh, well, then. Oh, no, you're right. Well, yeah, you're right.
1: <laughs> I think we've established he's, he's uh, right. Uh, <laughs> I never get tired of hearing uh,
2: Um. Let's see. Oh, he
1: was Because I feel like, I feel like I engineering, know. like, you know, you have, like, engineering officers and, like, Geordie or whoever at the moment, you know, is in charge of, like. Data doesn't need a team. Data, data doesn't need in charge need of, like, no 50, team. 50 he's people. Data. Like, there's this pyramid scheme of LaForge, and, like, all right, let me see the operations chart. You flip it <laughs> over. You, you swipe it on the dot. pad. Yeah, it's just a dot.
0: Well, okay, then. I data. Mean, okay, then then the rest of TNG, Worf. Worf is in yellow in most of TNG, and he's not in engineering uh, or YAR. But he's security. But Like well, security, yeah, yeah. Right, and that's...
2: I would say the unnamed ensigns who sit in Data's chair when he steps off to go, uh, <laughs> you know, gallivant about the universe. I mean, there's got to be someone trained. Wait, are you saying when there's.? The androids unplugged. Are you saying there's Data Squad? Is that and like. The night shift? Is that like Dumbledore's in, army?
1: That's my question.
2: Data's, Do they meet Data's secretly army?
1: at the holodeck at night and train how to be operations managers?
2: Yeah, you only can learn during the night shift because that's the only time he's there to Hang teach on, you. Hold on. Well, he doesn't sleep. What is
0: Data's patronus? Oh
1: wow. Uh, well, is it a is cat it crystalline it entity? <laughs> obviously.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Okay, I'll take that. You
1: know. Okay. Well, I, I feel like I've gotten far, far afield, but anyway. So let's start ensign engineering. Um, so engineering ensign. So you're you're not. You're on the Enterprise D or E. What are you doing as an ensign engineer? So the fr- I thought of some some folks, and maybe I'll think of other ones. So there was uh, Sonia Gomez, um, the uh, erstwhile. Um, I actually forget what she literally. Because I'm sure she said what she literally did. I'm sure a technician of some sort. But she was yeah, a, she's the one who spilled
2: coffee on the four Picard. Hot chocolate. Or, uh, Picard. Cho- hot chocolate. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes.
1: That Very memorable. The, that is the uh, the. Uh, yes, uh, ensign,
2: it's all over me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so she was in Q who and Samaritan Snare. Um, so, you know, again, I always love engineering because it is like, there's only two to five people that ever work there or zero if you're in season one. Um, and, and so only
2: the uh, chief engineer gets a chair and a desk, everyone else standing room only.
1: Oh, um, and then, uh, I don't know, like, it's, it's kind of weird. Like if you're an, an ensign engineer, you're like a technician, right? You're like a, a warp theory specialist or a impulse manifold, Older Urson.
2: origamist,
1: and then and then there's um there's <laughs> and I actually had to correct myself. There's toric, not Vork, as I was googling, because <laughs> they are completely different people um, from lower decks. He was also at ensign in, in engineering, helping young Jordy there. So, so Daniel, you're a lower decks fan. What was what was what was the life of the? Uh, the one pip engineer all about.
0: Not fun. I imagine not, not, not a lot of fun. I mean, he was well, specifically that character was trying to impress Jordy a whole bunch in that episode. Jordy, kind of a taskmaster, uh, not, not impressed by a whole lot. Um, it, it is funny that of course you Torek, quote unquote, not Vorek, played by the same actor who played Vorek. More famously, Vorek and Voyager, but it was the um, Jerry Taylor's son. Is it Jerry Taylor's son? I know it's a. Oh yes! Did you not know this? I did not know that. Oh yeah, I and I could be wrong. It is a, it is a famous producer's son, and I believe it's Jerry Taylor. Hold on, folks. We're gonna look this up because it's actually kind of important. And yes, indeed, he is the son of Voyager co-creator Jerry Taylor. Oh, I did not know that! Wow. So, um, a little bit of nepotism there in in Trek. Uh, uh, Of course, we get him in Lower Decks. He does a fine job, and then we get him more as a slightly the same character in Voyager, Um, and he does, uh, and you know, he does a pretty good job there too. His uniform was completely different in Voyager. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, it was almost like it was kind
1: of. (laughs) It was a contrast in 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 a way, you know. Yeah. now, wait, wait, hold on, nepotism and track, next thing you're going to tell me is that Patrick Stewart's son was played by his son, and that Q's son was played by his son. That would be ridiculous, Daniel. it's like, like playing your own ancestor.
0: Well, no, it's not like playing your own ancestor, because if Patrick Stewart has his younger self play his son, then it would be like playing your own ancestor. Don't get me started, Philip. You know I'm just going to get upset. <laughs>
2: Their ancestors are just so overpowered, it's just, (laughs) can't even
0: take it. It's almost like Worf playing his own grandfather.
1: I'm done. But if if they had his actual grandfather, that would be fine, playing his grandfather.
0: You know what? It would be better. I I, I don't know if it would be fine. Maybe his- (laughs) Michael Dorn's grandfather. (laughs) Uh, That'd be Michael Dorn, the seniorist to you darren i i don't know if we've established if that's the name
2: of his grandfather but we'll run with it he has extreme case of senioritis all right
1: and then darren there there's of course i you know i was i was making my list i'm like i'm done with ensigns who could there? oh ensign leffler so darren what would what, remind me what, we
2: came that close to cancellation folks <laughs> philip almost forgot an important <laughs> plot point but it's okay we're still going strong, yeah, we have Ensign Luffler, and yeah, no, she's not the one who spills hot chocolate, but I get them all mixed up no,' um, Until Chris. But yeah we <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah, no, she you know she's definitely the one we kind of developed the most backstory for and 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 see the most you know of her character as a as a lowly ensign, um uh, but yeah, but she you know works well with Jordy. she's got friends. You know, she gets to hang out in the saucer section a bunch, and yeah, it's you know, it's pretty good. I know again, has her own legal system. It's it's yeah. Oh the the rules. Well, it's interesting. You know how it's like by default we assume everyone is in engineering. You know, we have to almost be told if they're in operations, but it's like we don't. You know, they obviously overlap. I mean, data does a lot of stuff down in engineering, and they're not like whoa, 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 sir. This is the warp core. Uh, you need to go collate something and prepare a status chart. Operations. What does that even mean? Yeah. Well, this this
1: has me thinking now that you you. I mean, it's obvious, right? That, well, well, I don't know. Enterprise D did have the only engineer who never went to engineering, but but you know. So we have all the engineering <laughs> officers, of course, in the battle section. But aren't all the blue shirts in the saucer section? Is this a segregated ship? That's my question.
2: (laughs) And red shirts are pulling all the strings. (laughs) They are the 1% of the
1: Enterprise.
2: (laughs) So it's port and starboard, primary and secondary. They're just chopping up the Enterprise. We have fore and aft.
1: Yeah, so, (laughs) you know, like, engineers don't even get to go to ten forward. That's that's blue shirt and red shirt territory.
2: (laughs) They get to huddle behind the glowing warm... Uh, components of the main saucer. <laughs> is there
1: is there like a battle ten forward? <laughs> like it's it like on the is. on the lip of the uh, There's
2: actually a lot of lounges in the battle section cuz they don't have really any uh quarters that I could see in the uh, in the because yeah, on the, the star saucer. Drive section.
1: Yeah. That where all the engineers go and have fun. What what does the shuttle crew do on their days off, Darren? Not much. Or is it by the time they reach the exit, it's actually time to go back on your shift?
2: Yeah, they've, they've timed it. It's, it's kind of messed up.
0: I was, I was just going to mention that Ensign, um, and then I stopped because I couldn't remember her name, but uh, from the very same episode, Lower Decks, Ensign uh, mm-hmm. Sato.
1: Well, she, she is, we will get to her because she's actually security.
0: <sighs> Wait a minute. How does this work?
1: Because she reports to Worf, right? He mm-hmm. does
0: report to Worf.
1: Yep, and goes on a security mission.
0: She does. I'm not saying that, that that's wrong. Yeah. I'm just trying to think in mm-hmm. my head. But she is a gold shirt in the episode. Right? Am I wrong? Or is she red? Gold. No. Gold is many no, colors, she's gold. Daniel. The only red
2: one is that guy who's who's having trouble with Riker. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's the only well, red and shirt. And then, the, then of course, uh, Nurse Ogawa. Right. But I am saying he's the only red. Meaning mm-hmm. not... Not gold.
1: Sure. Well, let's add a pip up our track here of engineering slash operations, which doesn't exist. It's I mean, just, is it really a pip?
2: It's like it's hollow. There's not a lot of gold. If you were standing far away, could you even see it? Well, the pip is hollow and I have touched
1: a promotion. So uh, Lieutenant Junior Grade. Now, of course, a very infamous Lieutenant Junior grade, so Daniel, I'll let you take this one, is, <laughs> is Broccoli. Um, oh, yeah. sir,
2: um that's not actually his
1: name. Oh no! I'm I'm I'm. Yeah. Oh, it's Reginald Barclay. (laughs) Were you crinkling your pad there, (laughs) Philip? So so so, Daniel. What what did he What did he do on this ship? What was life as a lieutenant junior grade, being wherever he came from, and and being on the flagship?
0: All I'm saying, if this, if the United Federation of Planets, if Starfleet, is truly a meritocracy, Barclay is is greater than a Lieutenant Junior Grade. He has now saved the Enterprise on countless occasions. If we go into the future, he has saved the Voyager as well. Uh, He has done some pretty impressive stuff. Listen, I'm I'm not saying he's all there.
1: I'm just trying to picture him doing the promotion uh, tradition on the holodeck.
0: (laughs) They would have have had to have adjusted it. So, all right, imagine this, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is there like a pillow on the thing? This is Generations uh, uh, opening next generation scene. Uh, you know, OK, Kirk has died <laughs> or got sucked into the Nexus. Wait. And then all of a sudden we're, tra- we're whisked away to this, this next scene. And somebody has to somebody has to shoot down uh, their pips or their rank or their hat with their bow and arrow. And that's Reginald Barkley. That's now his promotion ceremony. <clears throat> I'm just picturing he's in shackles, he comes up out of the
2: um out of the hold, instantly he trips. trips backwards <laughs> and falls over the edge into the ground. They're just like, Well, that's lunch. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I see it going down.
1: <laughs> no, I, I just feel like he would he would come up with an engineering solution of how to like. Well, I can't jump up and get it, obviously. And anyone who does it, I mean, that's stupid. And he's would,
2: talking all out loud know. and his thought process, <laughs> and everyone's just
1: like, just, just, ready. The tradition, Mr. Buckley, just, just jumping the thing. It's funny. Um. Okay. Well. Da, well, Darren. Um. I'll, I'll pick someone on you. We we only saw her for a brief moment, but she was a lieutenant junior grade, and that was Lieutenant Junior Grade Palmer otherwise known as Mae Jameson. In That's right. Chances.
2: Beaming people up, working in space like you do. Um, yeah, so exa- I mean, I don't think we even see her outside of the transporter room, but then again, Miles lived there pretty much this whole time anyway. Uh, but yeah, we get to see, uh, I guess, I know, I'm trying to remember. So he's, she's not a chief something. So she's, she's a lieutenant an actual, she's a Yeah, leader. which is an officer, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I think I understand how the military works um so yeah so you know equal well, opportunity well darren to if you
1: understand how the military uh, works then you understand how starfleet works
2: that because it's a military organization Philip. stop it <laughs> stop it sorry we didn't get the reaction from daniel we wanted so i didn't connect the dots right stop there it. um but yeah no it's a, a great you know scene and you know, she's not like those other transporter operators where they're like, "What the heck? I don't even. What am I doing? Am I even standing at this console? What's going on?" Um, but yeah, no, it's a great. Uh, anytime we get an uh, an actual astronaut on Star Trek is a good day.
1: And let's see, another lieutenant junior grade um, is uh, Jenna DeSora, Um Data's you know girlfriend, ex, Lady ex girlfriend, ex awkward ex. Now not that I think about it. Um, you
2: transfer from the night shift to the day shift afterwards so he doesn't have to see yeah
1: it's a small ship. it's only 1300 people or whatever but you know
0: can I say something now is probably the best time Uh, the
1: gentleman from blue shirt is recognized for five minutes uh,
0: (laughs) and this is just a mini rant here and because you know she's kind of an interesting character but then kind of not and it, it just goes along with what we're saying there is something I have to say why does Starfleet restrict itself to three colors, okay? If they're going to use colors to represent divisions, certainly there are more than three divisions. Obviously, we've talked about this already at this point. Uh, Operations uh, and engineering have the same color. Command and security. Like, there's a bunch of different divisions. Um, And, guys, you know, we love TNG here. But TNG there are certain things that it can't escape responsibility for. And one of the things is the fact that we have LeVar Burton on our show. Okay. Reading rainbow. How dare Hang we on? Wait, where are we going with this? Follow me. Follow me here. <laughs> okay, Reading okay. rainbow. Okay. Lots of colors of the rainbow. Come on. Come on. Now there are okay. so many different divisions we could have given colors to here <laughs> at this point. Right. It's, it's fine. In TOS, it makes sense. Maybe um, they want to streamline the process. There's only two. I
1: think I just to make it easy to col- do the coloring book for TOS. That's right? Like, <laughs> Maybe
0: it makes sense that in TOS you can only carry three sharpie, three color sharpies <laughs> on your ship. So when you're kind of filling in the the, you know, the duty roster for the day, oh, this person goes here, this person goes here. This, per- listen, you got a thousand people on this ship. You can do more than three different divisions. So and I and I, listen, Wesley, Wesley's early. <laughs> he was, he was in Grey Division. Which was that? <laughs> <laughs> Wesley's early kind of uh, sweater uniform kind of addressed this. But I feel like the next Star Trek, hopefully this is the future Star Trek show that we're going to see in the next year, will also address this. Hey, we don't – it doesn't have – we doesn't have, have to have more be. than three guys I'm wearing a Superman shirt for everybody who can't see right now these are all primary colors that would be everybody. I, every I think
2: everyone can't see
0: <laughs> well no, besides I can guarantee hundred percent of our audience <laughs> cannot
2: see you right now dude. but I'm
0: wearing a red blue and gold shirt they're primary colors we get it but you can oh, wow. be you can are be you saying are you saying Superman is every single department <laughs> in Star Trek of course Superman is everything he is the uberman he is he gets everything but anyways my point is this listen uh even deep like later tng deep space nine voyager kind of tried to retcon this right when not really retcon it but kind of address it when uh the blue shirts became the teal shirts somewhere in between blue and green <laughs> and it's like no i think give like give all of medical green or or blue, give them blue. Science can be green. Uh, you know there are so many colors. Why do we have? Th- what about counseling? Counseling can be just, just it's, it's purple. Counseling could be purple. Who cares? Counts- give give them whatever they want. There's so many colors. Why can't we use all the colors?
2: <laughs> okay, we found a new button. Fill up. Okay, so well, we got well, the defiant. Think, we got colors. We got.
0: I, oh, I think
1: counseling is like the operations of sciences. <laughs> you know, there's only like is there a, only one? Does she have a staff? You know, is there anyone else? And you know what? What's the counselor um, organizational chart look like? You know, is it just? But keep the ranks. Look, look, D space nine had an assistant counselor.
0: Okay, but she was still a teal shirt. Keep the ranks. Keep the ranks is how you want it. But but why not separate science and medical? Of course, I'm not going to get into it. Of course, medicine is is a subset of science, but science is a huge category. It's a massive, massive category. You can't just put, like, everything into science and lump it into one thing and be like, okay, this is a thing.
1: Isn't engineering science...
0: Engineering, yeah, engineering is applied <laughs> science. That's what it. By definition, that's what it is. Yes, of course. Well, it's not like I mean they have to sew these,
2: you know, uniforms ma- manually, Daniel. It's yeah. not like they can just push a button and get any color uniform they want for any individual.
1: These are not my colors.
0: Anyway, sorry, I'm but no, sorry. I but, no, no, no but no, a- no, no. But that's no, that's
2: absolutely that's absolutely true, Daniel. And and I mean, I, one of the things I thought you were going to mention that TNG was responsible for is the shift from red to gold. I mean, the, the, I mean, we've gotten so much more of that continuity, but the fact that command shifted from its main color, you know, but it made me think of uh, more of like the Star Trek movies, because I mean, if you do a Google search for Star Trek uniforms around like the wrath of Khan time, there's like six or seven different uh, collar colors that they all have the maroon, but their collar colors are all different there's many it's much more divided out like like you were suggesting but that i really agree with that though i kind of hope star trek 17 or whatever they're calling it i think that's actually
1: the title it's like these (laughs) days nine we're just just gonna go with it
2: um you know actually has like five or six or seven different it's like it's okay to do that you know to to be more it makes me think of um Was it like Space 1999, where they had the big old colored sleeve with the zipper? You know, they even Space 1999 had more options for uniforms than Star Trek.
1: Well, I I still like your your theory, Darren, of the uniform color scheme. That in Star Trek uh, 17, they're all just going to be wearing black suits, and they'll just (laughs) have colored pips.
2: No, no, no. It's 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 gone to contacts. Their (laughs) eyes will be. But yes, the colors being sucked out and colored pips, so it's
0: like, who's doing what now? I well, okay, so unpopular opinion alert. Um, This is why I don't love the quote-unquote monster maroons like everybody else seems to. Well, there are many reasons. I think it would be way too hot to wear those uh, in any sort of normal circumstance uh, on top of your poofy... Undershirt and then and then your blue underwear and all of this other stuff.
1: I like, the, but to be sure, Cisco and Picard are wearing a vest underneath their top, <laughs> with under below their undershirt and underneath that yes. a tank top.
0: Yes, you're right. You're no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, but it's just, I just feel like it's okay to, to divide these divisions further. People aren't gonna get confused. They know how colors work, and it doesn't have to be. Like the way that I enter- know
1: how colors work, <laughs> I think that was covered in space kindergarten.
0: I'm saying the in you know the way that Enterprise handled it, where it was just a strip, works. You can do that. Like oh, we're all this. We're all part of the same team. I just happen to have a one red stripe or one purple stripe or one rainbow stripe. Who cares? It doesn't matter. It, you know what I mean? It's just it's it, it makes sense for. For how what division? What division is rainbow striped, in? <laughs> That would be the uh, all inclusive division. I don't know. I have no idea. Don't
1: know so, command? Be. You're saying command is rainbow colored. Well, hey,
0: okay, I, get, oh, I, 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 I did want to mention this too when Darren was talking. Um, Kirk's green tunic ah. is one of my favorite uniforms of all uniforms because yeah. it distinguishes him singularly as that rank and as that position. And it just makes sense to me. Uh, he gets it and he gets to wear it in the same way that um, Kurt, uh, not Kurt, Picard's uh, when he starts to wear his gray under thing and then the red sh- oh, yeah, yeah. jacket. If, mm-hmm. if, if you can just dis- I guess it makes sense that you wouldn't want to necessarily distinguish the commander from everybody else because maybe that makes them a target. But, you know, setting that aside, I think it makes sense in a lot of ways. All right. Well, continuing back
1: to the wonderful world of engineering, which is completely different color from security. Um, so, lieutenant. Full lieutenant. Um, this is uh, I, you know, I know we're going sort of ascending order, but, but I thought it was interesting that we actually had a chief engineer on the Enterprise-D who was just a lieutenant. I'm not talking about LaForge, though that—him as well. I'm actually talking about Lieutenant Logan— uh, very, very famous. I'm sure. I'm sure I don't need to tell you, Darren, what episode he was in. Um, but I'm going to. Arsenal of Freedom. Um, if you remember Lieutenant Logan, and you may not, this was the one who tried to take command from Lieutenant Junior Grade at the time, Geordie LaForge. Um, but Jordy's like, I'm wearing red, sir. I ain't having this. Check your colors. <laughs> um, and then you know, so, so we did have it. I mean, and then Geordie himself was just when he became a chief engineer was ju- just. Hand quotes just a lieutenant, so 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 you know you don't need to be lieutenant commander to be in charge on the Enterprise. Nope. <laughs> um, and then we also have another transporter chief um, who was a uh, who was a full lieutenant. And that was B. G. Robinson. Otherwise, they actually
2: say his whole name like that. That's well, it's actually kind it's,
1: of it's a woman's name. It's Terry Hatcher.
2: Oh, oh yeah, from the Outrageous Ocona. Oh, that's why she gets so a screen time. Yes.
1: So, uh, here's my question to y'all. Uh, how high of a rank is a transporter chief? Cuz now we have a full lieutenant at transporter.
2: Uh, well, I mean, maybe it's kind of a duty share kind of program where they, you know, everyone gets a turn being a transporter chief just to understand how important it is? I don't know. But, as it you know, but only yellow
0: shirts. You know, you, you hear that an um, air traffic controller is one of the most stressful jobs that you can have. I mean, imagine being the transporter chief on, on a ship of a thousand people. And, you know, of course, we, 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 we've talked and joked about Chief O'Brien, and we've seen the, the web comics and stuff, and it's funny. But, I mean, imagine, like, if at any time you, you could be called... On to perform all of these different. Hey, pull this these people out of an exploding ship at half of a second's notice, you know, or, or or you know maybe you're on shore leave and and there are people coming to and fro. It's actually kind of a huge responsibility because one tiny like, I know it's it's kind of easy. We see it in TNG. He slides his three fingers up, right, and it's just like, and and then that's it. But I you know. People are turning into information and then appearing other places that's actually kind of a huge deal.
1: And possibly in the I mean, children.
0: <laughs> I mean I'd be worried. I mean how many times do I have
2: to like swipe up on my phone and like it doesn't kind of register the first time? What if it's a, I mean it's a touchscreen technology. I mean hopefully it's advanced by then, but I mean what if they start to like energizing I mean and e- e- okay I got to and he forgot his four number code. <laughs> <and> try
0: <laughs> again. Yeah, he has to swipe to unlock. Is is what you're but saying? You're, yeah, exactly. <laughs> swipe to engage to to energize. Swipe to energize. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Episode title. <Yep.
2: laughs> uh,
1: and, th- and then this is almost we're almost gonna finish up because I I, I need more examples. But Lieutenant Commander as an engineer, um, I, I just want to take. I feel like do do we have any in memoriam music in the background, Darren? I just want to do. These are to all those chief engineers who we lost. McDougal. Argyle. Leland T. Lynch. Here's to you, Lieutenant Commanders, the chief engineer. So, yeah, I mean, that's a lieutenant commander. You know, you get to run the engine room. So that's a thing.
2: There'll be a memorial briefing in 10 forward at 1,200 hours
1: but like after you know and i and i get we're, we're it's a starship but i guess you know there's no uh, there's no career progression on the starship <laughs> for you know commander or captains or anything else as engineers
2: yeah i know we don't see any i mean you know cuz Jordy's kind of the top of the pyramid right i mean as the chief engineer like they just put chief in front of your name, but they don't necessarily make you a commander. Oh, there's,
1: th- there's yeah. lots of chief. There's transporter chiefs. There's <laughs> chiefs O'Briens. There's Chief r d Yeah, you know. So that's
2: chef. No, chef. <laughs> but yeah. Well, I mean, but obviously we, if we heavily discussed the one commander rule of the Enterprise. Riker would be jealous if there if there was another commander.
1: But, but, but beyond command, like, do, what is LaForge – like, you're – Daniel, you're the guidance counselor on the Enterprise-D, and Data and or Geordi come to you and be like, dude, I love being a gold shirt because that's how Data talks. And they're like, what, what's, what's, for, what's up for me next on my promotion chart? Where, where do they go as engineers or operations after lieutenant commander?
0: Well, since Riker refuses to leave the ship, they have to go somewhere else. I mean, like, what do you do as
1: a captain of engineering?
0: I mean, th- well, if that's your goal, then you've all r- you've reached the zenith. You've reached the peak of your career. You are the captain of engineering on the flagship of the Federation. Where else can you go?
1: Did you get like pushed off to Utopia Panicia, and No one ever hears from you again.
2: Well, I mean, there was Captain Scott yep. who. You know, but it's like that's where the whole thing where you can be a captain, but you may not necessarily have a ship, which kind of makes sense. I don't know.
1: Well, not all captains have ships, Darren, <laughs> but, all, but ships all ships have are captains.
2: captains. That doesn't quite work.
1: Well, that's that's the engineering life. Um, so we're going to go over to perhaps the. Uh, a little more phaser toting life. Well, we we don't we don't don't fuss don't don't worry about these these sensor readings or or plasma whozits or antimatter whatzits. Just show me the torpedoes and the phasers, and that's security. Um, now this was slim pickings for me, so I'm definitely going to be asking for some help here. So ensign uh, Daniel, we're going to go to your example. So that's Cedo, Jaxa, um, the Bejorn who we first met, and Um but who came again in lower decks? Um, so yeah, she was Lieutenant Wharf's protege, Daniel. What was what was her life there in lower decks?
0: Uh, Short lived. <laughs> so um, too soon, too soon. Uh, funny. Uh, I mean, I mean that's the truth of it. It's it's shame. I mean, it's a great, it's a great character arc. Again, we only get her barely in first duty, and then obviously she's she's kind of the primary player in lower decks which is again for people who don't know my favorite star trek episode that has ever been ever i mean this is of the 700 plus episodes of star trek i think lower decks is by far the best episode so uh just so you know this is how much i love this character because she's the main player in that in that in in that story and uh i i wouldn't even say it's necessarily because of her but but it is it's a really cool kind of way to continue that character story and i would have again we we've talked about this and and anybody who who's really into the lore and the background would have known that they wanted to actually continue that character into deep space nine which would have been great Fortunately, we didn't get that but um but but okay but just taking lower decks It's a really interesting kind of character study um, into how Worf treats the security staff and to what it means to be a member of that staff on that ship, at least for this tiny period of time and this tiny mission. But, you know, it's a microcosm. It's It's kind of just a window into what it would be like. And one of the great things I think about Lower Decks is the fact that we're seeing it through these uh, you know, through these lower, um, we're seeing, decks. <laughs> no, I didn't want to say that. We're seeing it through these, um, through the eyes of a child. <laughs> we're seeing it. We're, one of the great things about lower decks is that we're seeing it through these, you know, these lower commissioned officers, these, these people who are kind of fresh into the the situation and we don't know all the facts. We're not given, it's not like every other episode of TNG, which is one of the reasons why it's my favorite episode. We're, we're only given a certain number of facts, and we get to go forward with that. And we're with her on that journey. And, and she ultimately gives her life for it. So, I mean, there's a lot to say about what it means to be a security officer on the flagship of the Federation. Hey, you you just got here and you have to prove yourself because of a mistake you've made in the past. Well, guess what? Maybe you'll you'll be asked to give your life on, on your first real mission here, and that that says a lot for sure.
1: And, I, and it's, it's I mean goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway. So you know the the, the red shirts are obviously very infamous in TOS, but of course it's only in TOS. They're actually gold shirts for 80 percent of Star Trek. Is it, but there's no gold shirt jokes, I guess. Um, cause I guess they're, I don't know, I would be interested in the body count for the rest of, of 24th century. I think it's probably up there as much as TOS, but, um, but I think there's an interesting part of the lower deck story because once we you know when we go to Lieutenant junior grade, I really couldn't think of any security officers who are Lieutenant junior grade yet lower deck, the actual story or a storyline in lower decks is that, um, Cito and uh, Canada boy, um, are, are, uh, uh, up against each other for a promotion to lieutenant junior grade and mm. that's to be an uh, my my phrase an assistant operations officer I like ops night shift or second shift or or beta shift or whatever and so this is what blows my mind in a lot of ways so you have a yellow shirt or gold shirt security officer and a red shirt command officer competing for ops because we've always who knew
2: ops is actually where it's all at. So status so, team.
1: <laughs> so because the red shirts, they're, they're all about ops. I mean, they they that's why they they name things in the command of space stations about them.
2: Uh, I mean, know. I can list two red shirts that have changed to gold shirts. I mean, that's just what you do. That's right. And but yeah, he was still wearing a red shirt when he got promoted. Um,
1: and then also, if I and I remember this in um. Uh, well, both in both Future Imperfect, which doesn't really count, but I'm going to count it, and also in The Most Toys, Mr. Worf, the tactical officer, gets promoted, not in rank, to Ops. So, like, that's the career path?
0: Security to Ops?
2: <laughs> Audible, again, We're trying son. to apply logic to a TV show, and at some point it's going to break down. I'm just, I'm just letting you know.
0: I mean, that's a great question, right? Like, what? what is the progression there and we see data as second in command because he's second in command Uh, but i mean you look at the enterprise d bridge and you have the captain you have the second officer the first officer excuse me and then who else on that bridge is actually going to handle the situation the best i mean it's going to be data of course it's going to be data but i mean like the operations officer seems to be the one that would make the most logical sense as well, even if it wasn't data, to kind of cover all of your bases, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, in between, you know, because the oper- – I mean, and we're kind of guessing, but basically uh, as, I was, I've, I, as I've always understood it, the operations officer is sort of like the the control person of the ship as much as like, okay, who gets to use the sensors, who gets to use the power from the whatever. They're the one who's sort of in control of like – working ship as far as the the supplies and resources um so i mean they're sort of doing the, the the yeoman's work but not really as a yeoman that'd be silly um but uh you know so yeah i mean so it makes i mean like you know after the captain and first officer it's either like the ops or chief engineer but the chief engineer's
2: down in engineering so you know okay daniel i think i found you were actually just born in the wrong century you should have been born in the 2270s Because, boy, look at this beautiful rainbow of department colors I've found. So, you have white command division. And so, they have things also broken up by division and branch. Amazing concept. So, then you have... uh, And this is like the the collar. Again, it's the collar and the little like hold your uh, chest flap closed stripe. Uh, So, white for... I don't know what it's called. Uh, White for command division then, like, a yellow, like, rusty gold is operations division helm engineering branches. So, like, like Scotty would wear that. Then you have, uh, like, a light green, which is the sciences division medical branch. Hey, medical gets their own color. Then you have gray, which is operations divisions, like, communications and navigations and a little more general sciences. So, that's, like, Ohura. Then you have, like, red which is cadets, trainees, and junior officers, and then like a Windsor dark green for security. So already it's way more clear who's coming to kick your butt down the hallway. Uh, just look at their neck.
0: Uh, Darren, where, where are you getting this information from? Is there anything, uh, any specific time period that you're referencing right now that you know perhaps uh, for any reason you might be referencing it? Uh, you know
2: the I don't know something about the seventies. It's uh, it's just calling to me, but perhaps you're segueing into uh the new
0: podcast. Type I, I I'm no. just saying. I mean, you, you know, maybe maybe. A I mean, bit.
2: speaking of colorful colors, <laughs> speaking speaking of primatone colors in the seventies, love pink. No, that is true. No, uh, yes, our good friend of the network, art director Aaron Harvey, and I are starting up a new podcast, which by now should be a couple episodes in. And we are going to be, it's called Saturday Morning Trek, and we will be talking about life in the 70s, which, guess what? I wasn't actually alive. but uh, Neither was I. (laughs) But we're approaching uh, the animated series. Yes, there was an animated series. I know, I get that a lot. Uh, But we'll be talking about those episodes and also just that in-between time you know between the original series and and Star Trek the Next Generation you know as the movies were coming out uh, you know as the realm of Star Trek was shifting what was on TV what wasn't and so I'm kind of approaching it more as the having never seen the series and Aaron's approaching it as the watched it you know from a very young age so yeah where it's it has a lifespan as there's only so much content in it but it should be a lot of fun and we're looking forward to Finally we can now say we have a show for every Star Trek series. No more precursor live action for us. You know, that's just gonna save so much time, Daniel.
1: So uh, what division is pink and bright purple,
2: Darren? Uh colorblind division and uh um Meriwether Division. I just made that <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> now we did get a um an another security chief on the Enterprise. That's not Worf. But was a lieutenant, and that was Lieutenant Daniels. Well, I feel like we actually don't talk that much about even though he was the security chief of the Enterprise-E um, in both first contact and insurrection. Now, do you remember
2: you remember Lieutenant Daniels, Darren? Uh, I remember Lynch. He's the one who got assimilated, right? That was in Lynch. Lynch, yeah.
1: Yeah. And, well, both What color him too. was he?
2: Was he red? Who?
1: Hawk was red.
2: No, I know Hawk was red, but Lynch. Well,
1: like uh, we never saw him because we just saw his like emaciated body as Picard pulled out the processor after shooting him. Oh, a times.
2: that's right. I think I saw little gold. I think he was, you know, yeah. You know, they wanted him for his engineering knowledge, but, um, but yeah, Daniels. Gosh, okay, he's a blonde Give
1: me guy. A, um, a face. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he was he was the one who was, uh, you know, sort of keeping the Borg at a standstill during First Contact. Um, you know, the one that Beverly was like, you know, keep, keep, keep fighting him because Picard said so. And then in, uh, Insurrection, he was the one that was there when the Riker Maneuver
2: happened. Oh, that's right. Well, you know, someone's got to execute the Riker Maneuver. Apparently on the, uh, on the, on the flagship. So he was sitting down, right? I th- yeah. Over
1: the chair. Yeah, the Enterprise D, everyone sat down. Everyone gets a chair.
2: You get a chair, you get a chair, you get a chair. That's the Enterprise O, yes. But um, after that,
1: I, you know, there's no uh, security's pretty pretty thin. I mean, it, it, Worf did make it to a Lieutenant Commander to be sure as a security officer. But um, you know, when he, you know, before him there was a Lieutenant Lieutenant Yar, and then he was a Lieutenant, and then he got Lieutenant Commander, and then when he when he got you know, he got too much. You know, he's promoted too high. You know, he um, flew too fast, too far, too soon. Exactly. And so we got a, a new lieutenant in, and that was that was about it. So even the flagship, we don't we don't want any other. Because if you're lieutenant command, you're kind of threatening to become a commander, and so Riker can kind of feel, you know, you, you behind him, um, so breathing down his
2: neck. Exactly. <laughs> Which is not holographic, by the way. Mm-hmm. It is real.
1: Now, I noticed in, in in the notes here, Darren, you put Vice Admiral Thomas Henry um,
2: as, you know, as a You know, let's go right past Lieutenant Commander, Commander, and Captain to Vice Admiral, yes. Uh, in my research in the drumhead, yes, it's hard to tell because all admirals wear red, but it is stipulated that Vice Admiral Thomas Henry, the... Uh, He's basically the one who sat and didn't say a lot. At the end, he like walked out and they knew it was all over. But he is- And then he from, was like, did I stutter with that? Yeah. He is the chief of Starfleet security, mm-hmm. which means he is a gold shirt under that red. Maybe it's the trim. I don't know. It's hard to say. But uh, that would have been interesting if we had seen admirals in different colors. But well, I was trying
1: to think, who was know, the, um, in the first duty, the the dead kid's dad- he was a yellow shirt, right? Lieutenant Commander?
2: Uh, yes. Yes, yes, he was. I forget. Um, He was a gold shirt. Uh, I know what you're talking about. The He's got the face everyone recognizes, yes. but we don't know his name. Exactly. Both in the movie and without. All
1: right. And then so, so moving on and finishing up, of course, with the folks who do all the work on the Enterprise and probably throughout all of Starfleet. And that's the enlisted folks. Um... No, I mean, of course, in in Star Trek: The Next Generation, the crewmen and the enlisted folks are everywhere. Um, they're everywhere, um, but like they don't, we don't necessarily understand how the the enlisted ranks work.
2: Um, oh, I just looked it up. It's uh, Lieutenant Commander Albert. Mm-hmm. He was an Operations Division Starfleet officer. He was married and had one son. Well, had yeah when, one let's, son. Check. Uh, can gosh. can
1: you change that wiki entry, Darren?
2: Let me let me get on that.
1: Um. So like the there we go. The, the only enlisted folks, uh, the one that popped in my mind, and, and uh, is crewman first class. Because you know, I, like, what are the ranks of the enlisted ranks? Right. I don't know, but crewman first class. We hear that Simon Tarsus and Daniel, you're a Romulan trader. Um. <laughs> what do you think about you know crewman, um, pointy eared Simon Tarsus?
0: come on Philip. We are better than this uh no uh, i mean i mean come on we i mean we are i mean that's the that's the message that's the message of that episode for sure but uh you know <clears throat> sorry. <laughs> It's interesting right uh that's a great episode for an examination of this kind of thing because we're we're learning more about what does the average Joe go t- through to to get on board this ship? You know this guy wanted to be on board the flagship and was willing to lie to get on onto it and it's because of course you know you a thousand. Twelve hundred, whatever it is, uh, slots you can only fill it with so many people. So, um, there are going to be there naturally there are going to be some people on board the ship that just will do anything that they can, not th- or whatever. I mean, it's it's an interesting question and it's an interesting episode to talk about when we're when we're discussing this because it's like, did he really do that? Was he really that bad when he was kind of trying to do what he did?
1: Well, it was interesting when they were interviewing or when Picard was interviewing him, if I remember correctly, um, he asked, uh, Picard asked uh, the crewman like, Oh, well, why did not you go to the Academy? And he's like, well, you know, I I just wanted to go out into space, you know, because, you know, enlisted, you don't go to the Academy. Uh, You just, you know, enlist. Um, And so, you know, instead of
0: enlist,
1: I know. Well, you can do better, Daniel, um,
0: you must be really down on your uh, recruiting quota <laughs> I'm just saying
1: Um, and, and it, it's just sort of interesting the folks you know always think about like oh of course you go to the academy but like obviously well I, I don't know I don't know what the breakdown in Starfleet is I want to say like, I'm a little prejudiced about the army which is like mostly enlisted as most of uh, at least the US armed forces is mostly enlisted whereas in Starfleet it's kind of the reverse it seems like most everyone's an officer and like Enlisted is like the minority, um, you know, but
2: because, like, for instance, I mean, you do see a lot of crewmen, like, like the jumpsuit ones. I mean, especially in the early seasons, like, you see quite a few of them walking around. Um, but yeah, it's it's almost everyone, you know, throw uh, phase something through the bulkhead and you're gonna hit an officer, you know. But well, it's interesting you likely. say that because the next
1: generation, a way or typically a way to recognize a crewman after season two. Other than, unfortunately, due to sexism, women, um, is wearing the season one uniform. So if it's like season five yeah. and you see someone wearing a season one uniform, they're being a crewman.
2: Look, I told you these are hand woven <laughs> uniforms. I mean, they cannot just push a button and make a new one that's up to same standards.
1: And then, and then, this was my question as I was doing my research because you know I've already talked about the fact that there were lieutenant junior grades and lieutenants and ensigns and everything else that were transporter chief. But I'm like, is Lieutenant ch- is like Transporter Chief a rank? Because then there are all these enlisted folks who are Transporter Chiefs. I had a Chief, well, Transporter Chief. I don't know what their actual rank is, except for Hollow Pip, um, Brosmer, who was basically the star of the next phase. That they must have thought O'Brien was going to be in that one.
2: Um, at- well, O'Brien can't be responsible for a transporter <laughs> <accident>. I mean, <laughs> he just happens to be gone that day. And then I stumbled upon this character, which I know
1: this is what happens anytime you're on Memory Alpha. So I actually stumbled upon the, the name Maggie Hubble. Um, obviously, I'll let you guess where the name Hubble came from. Um, but she is a transporter chief in, like, Data's Day, The Perfect Mate, Galaxy's Child. And she's the one who beams O'Brien to DS9 in Emissary, and he calls her by name. And I'm like, oh, okay. I did never reckon, did not know that. Now I will look for her now. <laughs> Like, what what are the rules on transporter chiefs, Darren? Is it, like you said, like, it just doesn't matter what rank you are. Apparently.
2: You know, again, I think it's kind of that trial by fire. Everyone's got to (laughs) do at least some time in the transporter room. Is there a more
1: important transporter room than the other that, like, the lieutenant gets versus, like, crewman 8th class? Well, apparently
2: we can't put a transporter room in, you know, I don't know, the star drive section so uh I, just, I mean there's six transporter Wait, rooms is this gotta, the only permission for
1: shirts to get into the saucer section is through the transporter room duty?
2: Gosh, you know, they have needle it's actually called the uh, the ensign through the transporter room. no, that doesn't work um but yeah, and you know it's but it's also the fact that you know as the show progressed, obviously, and we got miles more in in that role versus just unknown crewman on the bridge, you know, that probably dampened, this was probably a slot they were going to fill with a no-name character anyway for most of the time until they developed his character out with this role. Yeah,
1: so we, we've we've sort of hit everything in, in, in between these two episodes, so I just wanted to turn the tables on you all and think about what would be your role on the Enterprise D from Ensign to Captain? Like, what job would you have at each rank? Um, yeah. So, I'll, I'll let y'all think about it for a second. Because, you know, I, I, I can only see me as being a redshirt. So, I just feel like Ensign, I would have to do the obligatory helm, helm duty, con duty. Um, you know, you're in the room where it happens. Um, so, you know, you just have to be quiet and press the buttons, but you get to hear all the bridge stuff. Um... And then I don't I don't know where you go from red shirt from there. I guess you 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 graduate to the like the back of the bridge, you know. Um, so then you get to you you get the good view to the view screen. So you're like at the on the back stations of like I don't know environmental control or something. Um, and then from there you go over to command school or something and disappear. And then come back as a commander and then you r- rule the world. But but I, I don't know, uh, Darren. Are you a gold shirt or what's your life on the Enterprise? T-
2: well, it's funny you ask this because I kind of feel we've already answered this question with our uh, EG, RPG, TNG, you know, episodes where, yeah, that's kind of, I mean, you know, if I have kind of already picked, you know, what we would like to do in, uh, on the Enterprise D and I, I kind of think it'd be the same thing, you know, maybe not be a bullion, but, uh, uh, the color of but, your uniform, Darren. Uh <sighs> But yeah, so I think you know, starting off in the shuttle bay or some you know some place we didn't see very often. And although I would have to stipulate though that I would be the uh, head of the Captain Picard Day committee. You know, it, it's it's a lot of fun planning that every year. It's he's a role model, so I just you know have to have to do that. So, but, so
1: you'd be on the party planning committee.
2: Okay. Yes. Yes, I would be the pl- <laughs> I am the party planning committee uh maybe Guinan comes by every once in a while and throws in an idea none of us thought that just really you know it's going to make the captain smile he he's going to love this year it's i can't tell you exactly what we're going to do it's a surprise but it's it's going to be great i hope i don't get fired but no uh yeah no i think that i'd do that i'd be a gold shirt and work in the main shuttle bay i mean if i'm lucky i mean that's where all the good arms <laughs> are the main shuttle bay <laughs> Uh, I mean, engineering's got, like, a room. We got two freaking decks here, okay? We got elbow room. Two and a half, really, space. but yeah. But, yeah, it's true.
1: But, like, what do you, like, so after your lieutenant commander of, the, which I don't even know if that's what you would be on shuttle bay, where do you go from lieutenant, there? The captain of the
2: shuttle bay. Yeah. It's like, really? <laughs>
1: really? <laughs> like, no one's been
2: in there. There could be a captain. We don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just, so, yeah, get up to lieutenant. And or do you just retire and start writing novels? that's there. You go to start, start writing. Well, after I lost, my... no, uh, yeah, start writing novels and and go off to something. But you know, it's really not the same because after the the D, the D crashed and we now, you know, some people wanted to get stationed on the E. But I mean, look at that shuttle bay. That's nothing. I mean, they like, they got nothing on that and, uh, pretty much give me like a maybe a space station. Something something with a lot of shuttles. Maybe runabouts. Uh, <laughs> I have be. one word for you. Runabouts. <laughs> Run, yeah. It, I, got, I got one word for you. Runabouts. <laughs> I mean, all ships are big shuttles, but runabouts, that's a whole nother class. They're like really small uh, defiance. All right. So, Daniel... or Well, actually, there's a lot of star bases that need to be overhauled to fit bigger ships in them. So, maybe I'd take over that... Uh, that method. I mean, door, you don't know how big these doors have to be. It's pretty a monumental task. <laughs> All right. Daniel,
1: what do, what do you imagine, if any, your, your Starfleet career path would be on the D from one pip to however many you steal from Chief O'Brien?
0: You know, what's interesting to me is that, surprisingly, because, you know, I mean, there's a secret about it how of, of my favorite captains. And, but Janeway comes to my mind. And Janeway, her transition from her blue shirt days to her red shirt days, and we don't ever get to see it. I mean, and maybe it's maybe it's laid out in the in the novels, and that's fine. But I've never read the novels, so forgive me. Um, but the fact that she is, quote unquote, a hardcore science officer, right? And we're we're given to, we're given to understand that in not just Uh, The background kind of uh, information, but also in the show. And so it's like, so there are people that that transfer and blah, 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 blah. I don't care so much about the transferring, but it's like there is kind of a fluid dynamic between the people who do these things and then the people who, you know, guard, quote unquote, himself, what could have could have been a blue shirt. That was what tapestry was all about and so it's just it's just fun it's fun to me to think about how these different peoples transition from department to department and it, it works really well for me i like i said i wish there were more departments and it wasn't such a linear or such a restrictive thing but maybe in the in the near future we'll get to see a star trek that is a little bit uh more fluid well
1: talking about the colors of the wind or as i call it the starfleet career path is not the only thing we've been talking about this week here's a quick look at what else you may have missed here on trek.fm previously on
2: trek.fm
1: earl gray
0: Jordy is the one that's like, you know what? No. You're
2: wrong. You're wrong about Data. I'm gonna drop a challenge right here and Data's totally gonna step up to the plate and you're gonna get served Plasky. And that's how La Forge created Moriarty. <laughs> <laughs> it would be to, I'm not saying it turned out good but I mean he had good intentions. The Orb. The Wadi, a fun-loving race from the Gamma Quadrant arrive at DS9 eager to play a game with Cisco and the crew. One that appears to be a matter of life and death. All right. So are we moving along, Matthew? Oh, we're moving along. (laughs) Is there any redeeming value? The ready room.
1: He's carrying in the lamb chop sock
2: puppet (laughs) saying,
0: she stayed at her post. (laughs) While Charlie horse ran. (laughs) While Charlie horse ran. (laughs) To the journey.
2: She has a holographic boyfriend that malfunctions. That can mean only one thing. She knows how he malfunctions. (laughs) <laughs> well, I hear it's common in a lot of guys his age. Commentary, Trek stars.
1: I haven't you, seen Mean
2: Girls. You haven't seen Mean Girls? I oh know. My God. Everybody wants me to see oh Mean Girls. Oh, my God. Yeah, you I have know. to see Mean Girls. I mean, right after yeah. Josie and the Pussycats. Oh, <laughs> I forget to see the pussycats. The 602 Club.
0: I actually like when they bring in the big container for the brainfish at the beginning. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> yeah, it, was it, really it opens mysterious. up and it's, you know, speaking through the And all the minions that have the, to mop uh, up after it at the end.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was pretty no. funny.
1: All the it's like a slug trail.
2: Um, you can actually see one of the guys while he's talking kind of wandering around mopping up. I was like, yeah. what is that guy doing? Literary treks. You're
0: totally
1: right that when Atonement was done, I really did feel like um, everybody needed
0: a break. Like a Kit Kat Kat bar? (laughs) There wouldn't be challenges and obstacles and things, but I wanted the the next sort of series of adventures that they faced for a while to be more infused with the sense of wonder that sort of underpins all of Trek.
1: Women at Warp.
2: You can always count on DC Fontana to Vulcan things up, and I, I for one appreciate her for that.
0: Get Vulcan with it, na 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 na, <laughs> na 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 na. Get Vulcan with it.
2: Meta Trex. Don't tell me you haven't wondered what it's like to be Patrick Stewart.
0: Actually, I've wondered. I've often wondered what it's like to be the Shat. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way to know. It's one of a kind. He's one of a kind.
2: <laughs> He's one of a kind. Melodic Trex. But it's basically from a motivation of not treating the audience stupid you know treating them that they have dreams they have imagination they have hope they have fear they have all those things and the music plays on that
1: and introducing saturday morning trek a show about the animated series and all things trek in the 1970s
2: like six episodes counts as a season this isn't the british Okay, this isn't. This
0: is two (laughs) seasons of
2: Sherlock. Come on. This isn't Sherlock. Yes, I've been waiting for several years to see more Star Trek, which is like Sherlock. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. But From There to Here is
0: also a good podcast you should listen to. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows to get in on the daily Trek talk. You'll find them in iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows podcast directory for Xbox and Zoom. Visit the Trek.fm website for the full Trek experience. You can view our podcast directory to stream the audio from all of our shows. If you would like to contact us, just go to trek.fm slash contact. From there, choose Message to a Trek FM Show and select Earl Grey. These messages will be relayed by Starfleet to the three of us. In social media, you'll find us on facebook.com slash trek.fm or join our Facebook listener discussion group called The Babel Conference. Find it by searching The Babel Conference on Facebook. Now let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor this week, Audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for. This is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. Now, as a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read. Just go to audibletrial.com/trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com/trekfm and we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and Trek FM. There's one more way you can directly help us to keep Earl Grey coming to you each and every week, and that's through becoming a patron of Trek FM. By visiting patreon.com slash trek.fm, you can choose among various pledge levels and receive rewards for becoming a Trek FM patron. These rewards let you inside the observation lounge of our network and make it possible for us to distribute all our great content. So please become a patron and visit patreon.com slash trek.fm today.
1: All right, Daniel, if folks want to talk about your coat of many colors, where can they find you on the internet?
0: They can find me, of course, on Twitter, where I talk about the best color. And in order to find out about that, they would have to find me at 1UpDan. That's the number one, not the word.
1: And Darren, if folks want to talk to you about your color-sucking theory of Starfleet uniforms, where can they reach you?
2: I'm telling you, it's full to chest, to shoulders, to pips, to eyes. It's just, it's dwindling down. Oh, so actually, if they wanted to talk to me about that, I can explain it in even more well, actually, no, that's pretty much... It. That's all. of it. But they could find me on Twitter under username DrSciFi. That's D-R-S-C-I-F-I. And? And they can find me every once in a while on Saturday Morning Trek, where I talk about the animated series and reminisce about the 70s. With? Yeah, reminisce. With Aaron Harvey.
1: All right, we're going to work on that promotion. And if folks want to talk to me about why Red Rules... Um, they can f- talk about my sorting hat. Gold for days. Lose <laughs> here, guys? Um, and they can find me on Twitter. My handle there is at nc public servant. That's nc for no colors. All right, guys. Well, th- this has been pretty cool. Um, I have to go meet with my um Starfleet guidance counselor. Um, we're gonna talk about some options. I think he feels like I might be better. Um, Pursuing a civilian career path, Um, but we'll talk about it. So until next week, fire.
2: Insert here. (laughs) Mental note to Derek. We should have our looking up on the
1: internet music playing. (laughs)
2: <laughs>
0: okay. da
2: da 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 da